0: This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com. Hi, I'm Angela Solomons. I'm the Education Coordinator with Taranaki Community Law, and I am the law lady. I'm bringing you the legal information you need to know. And today we are talking about the Private Security Personnel Licensing Authority um, and specifically about a particular case of the Private Security Personnel Licensing Authority. I promise it is exciting and relevant for people who might be in the New Plymouth area. So as always, the shows only general information. Uh, your specific circumstances may be different. If you'd like some specific advice um, about this particular situation or any other kind of legal advice, You can give Taranaki Community Law a call on 0800 529 878 or you can contact your own lawyer. Um, Like I said in my last show, we are heading towards the end of the year. If you have a very um, sort of nagging legal issue that maybe is sitting around in the back of your mind that you think, oh, I should maybe do something about that. Now is the time to do that. Please do not wait until December and then try and come in and see us. It's very difficult for us to be able to provide you with the help that you need in that kind of time frame. Um, in my next couple of shows, I will um, outline our closing down and reopening time period, so our shutdown period for Taranaki Community Law, but we will be closed from um before Christmas until about the middle of January. So if you've got a pressing legal issue or something that you really want to sort out, um, please give us a call now. please don't wait. So the information on my show isn't meant to replace uh, individual advice from a lawyer. but we would like to hear from you. So if you've got anything to share about this show or any of my previous shows, uh, you can post on the Taranaki Community Law Facebook page. You can follow Taranaki Community Law on Instagram and on TikTok. So, the Private Security Personnel Licensing Authority. What is it and why am I talking about it? So the um, and so it's the PSPLA, which is what I'm gonna call it rather than having to say Private Security Personnel Licensing Authority every time, uh, is a what you call a quasi-judicial body. And what this means is that it's not a court, so it's not like the District Court or the High Court or something like that. Um, And it's not quite a tribunal, so that's like the Tenancy Tribunal, or there are a couple of others. It's an authority, which means that it has powers under a specific piece of legislation, and it has powers to do certain things. And so this particular authority, the PSPLA, has the power to issue licences and certificates of approval to people who are working in the security industry and private investigators, Um, It can also discipline license and certificate holders, and it keeps a register of license and certificate holders. So the purpose of this authority is to um, essentially keep track of people who are working as um, property guards, personal guards, crowd controllers, um, private investigators, uh, a couple of other roles, security technicians, security consultants, repossession agents, and um, monitoring officers so there's a bunch of people who do jobs in New Zealand who need some kind of license in order to do that and this is true for a range of different um, different kinds of fields so for example real estate agents need licenses um, uh, motor vehicle traders need licenses etc cetera, et cetera. so there's a there's a whole range in which um, different jobs require some kind of licensing um, component and so that's what this authority does. It manages that process. Um, They do that in a couple of ways. So the first thing that they do is they um, approve those licenses or those what are called certificates of approval. So um, people need to apply to the authority um, to prove, and then they need to prove that they have the training or skills for the classes of work that they are doing. So they can't just apply, they need to actually show that they have um, certain skills. So, for some of them, um, crowd controllers, property guards, and personal guards, there are some set trainings that you must complete. So these are like unit standards. So, you need to have done those um, in order to be approved. Um, so the certificate of approval is for the person doing the work. The licence is for the um, business, or if they're self-employed, that person when they're self-employed, who is having the work done. So the two slightly different things that you can apply for through um, the PSPLA. So the... Um, As far as the other kinds of things, repossession agents, um, private investigators, uh, those kinds of roles, you have to show that you have the skills in order to do it. As part of this, they also check with the police. There are some requirements around um, previous convictions, whether or not people have had convictions within a certain time frame and what kinds of convictions they might have been. Um, Those things will prevent them from being issued a certificate of approval so there's a whole range of things that they look at the authority then grants the certificate of approval or declines that certificate of approval or that license um, and then the people go away and start to do their work so break right for the first song and when we come back I want to talk about a specific case um, where somebody made a complaint to the um, PSPLA about the behavior of a security guard so our first song today is by Stereogram and this is Walkie Talkie Man. Ano, kitu law lady on Access Radio 104.4 FM. And this morning we have been talking about the um, PSPLA, uh, which is an authority, so it has legal powers. Um, We've talked a little bit about what they have the powers to do in terms of granting licences and certificates of approval. Um, But they do have another function as well. And so one of their other functions is um, to enable complaints under this Act um, about people who have either a license or and or a certificate of approval so um, this is section 74 of the private security personnel and private investigators act where um, anybody uh, can make a complaint so there are two groups people. one is the police so a constable can make a complaint um, about somebody who holds a certificate of approval or a license a security license Um, the other is basically anybody else, can also make a complaint about the behaviour of somebody who, again, holds a certificate of approval and or a licence. So what happened is that um, on the 23rd of August of this year, uh, the authority made a decision about a situation which happened here in New Plymouth. So uh, the Statement of Facts, Christopher McCluskey, He's the person who um, made the complaint. He parked his car at the Richmond Centre car park in New Plymouth um, while visiting the Medical Centre. If you're familiar with um, New Plymouth or with MediCross, you will know how this sort of um, situation works, where you park there and then you go into the Medical Centre and write your car registration number down so that you don't get um, clamped by somebody. Um, A man wearing a high-vis vest with uh, the words NACI security on it came and talked his car tires. So um, the man who did this was a man called John Wood. Now Mr Wood wasn't displaying his security ID, uh, which is actually a requirement under this Act. So anybody coming to clamp your cars in a private car park or to do any kind of security work in a private car park, Um, must display a security ID. So this doesn't apply on the public street. That's governed by different rules. So if you're parking in a public place, like on the street, or a car park owned by the council, they have their own set of rules. They are different. We are talking here about the rules for a private car park. Okay. So Richmond Centre Car Park is a private car park. So he wasn't displaying his security ID. Um, Mr. McCluskey asked him if he was a registered security officer. This is a good question. Um, Mr. Wood replied that that was none of his business and refused to produce his security ID or to identify who he was or who he worked for. Mr. Wood was verbally abusive towards Mr. McCluskey and his wife. So Mr. McCluskey, um, after this, um, made a complaint to the Private Security Personnel um, Authority About this interaction that he had with Mr Wood. So um, the authority then, because they keep the register, so they went back and looked up the register uh, to see whether or not Mr Wood held any of the requisite licences and he has a certificate, or at the time of the decision, he held a certificate of approval um, in the classes of property guard, personal guard and crowd controller. So this is what you get when you are doing the work. However, he doesn't—he at the time didn't hold a security license. So he agrees that he was working as a self-employed property guard. Therefore, if he's working as he's self-employed, he requires both the security license and the certificate of approval. So he didn't have both of those things. He only had one. He only had the certificate of approval. So there are some things that the authority have to work out. The first was, was he working in a role which requires him to have a security license and not just a certificate of approval? Um, Did he contravene the act by failing to wear his ID in a visible place and failing to produce this ID on request? Um, Is he guilty of misconduct? So that's about the behavior besides that. So did he behave in an inappropriate way in a more general sense? And if so, what is the appropriate penalty? So, there are um, a couple of different things that they need to take into account based on what the requirements of the Act are for property and um, personal guards. So, the first question is Was he working in a role which requires him to have a security licence? So, apparently, NACU Security is the trading name for his company, Custom Auto Services Limited. Um, that he uses when he enforces parking time limits and clamping cars at both the Richmond Centre car park and one other car park in New Plymouth. Unfortunately, they don't tell us which other car park in New Plymouth. So, one of the other private car parks in New Plymouth. Uh, They don't have a formal contract to enforce parking. So, he's not engaged on a contractual basis to any of the business owners. Instead, he has a casual understanding with the property managers Um, as well as that Mr Woods charges hundred dollars payable in cash only to unclamp the cars um, which is always a little bit um, sort of concerning if you find yourself in that situation where they will only accept cash so he had a casual understanding with the property managers but he wasn't formally employed by them in order to do this work Um, and this is important because Um, if he had been employed by them to do this work. So parking enforcement work falls within the category of a property guard. So this is part of the ambit of what a property guard can do. So people who are involved in parking enforcement work must have that certificate of approval as a property guard, so the people who are actually doing it. That's um, one of the requirements for that parking enforcement because it falls within that category. So, therefore, Mr. Wood is carrying on a business as a property guard. Because he's carrying on a business as a property guard on his own account, um, he, therefore, is required to have a security licence as well as a certificate of approval. And the authority go on to say that if he was doing this work through his company, then custom Auto is required to have a company licence. Um, If he's doing it as a sole trader, then he should have an individual license. So there are two different classes of licenses, one for your company, one if you are self-employed or a sole trader. The important point here in this particular situation is that neither Mr. Wood nor Custom Auto held a security license. So he had the certificate of approval, but he did not have the security license. So in order to do a parking enforcement work, somebody, the person who's doing the work on the ground needs to have a certificate of approval and the um, business, if it's a company that is running it, needs to have a licence and if it's an individual, so the same person essentially is doing the work on the ground, they also need a licence as well. So any time somebody is involved in parking enforcement, there should be both a certificate of approval and a licence. And in this case here in New Plymouth, that was not um, happening. So um, it's a breach of the um, Act, which is the um, Private Security, Personnel and Private Investigators Act, um, to carry on a business as a property guard without a licence. Um, It also amounts to an offence for which the maximum fine on conviction is $40,000 for an individual and $60,000 for a company. Now, importantly, this authority cannot convict somebody of that. So that's a criminal sanction. So in order for somebody to be fined um, in relation to that, um, then it needs to uh, be basically taken to court by the police. But it's a specific crime under this Act. So that's not what the authority is deciding here. They can't say, hey, we're going to fine you $40,000 um, on conviction for this. They are instead investigating the complaint itself. Uh, Mr Wood says that he didn't know that he needed a licence and thought that his certificate of approval was enough. Uh, the authority were very unimpressed (laughs) by this um, line of argument saying that he had been a certificate of approval holder since 2011 which is a long time Um, with this length of experience he should have known how the system worked and that he also required a license Um, they basically said look um, oh and apparently he also advised police and the property managers that he had a security license so he clearly knew that he needed one and just didn't bother to get it Um, so he has contravened the act by running a property guarding business under the trading name of NACI security without holding a security license. So this is a breach of the Private Security Personnel and Private Investigators Act. So the next question is whether or not he contravened the Act by failing to wear his ID and failing to produce his ID on request. So this is a different requirement under the Act. So that both must have a license and a certificate of approval and there are also certain things that people must do um, when you sort of ask them for ID and things like that. So I'll break for our second song and when we come back we'll talk a little bit about whether or not he also contravened the act then and our second song today is by Trinity Roots and this is Little Things. please, please. you're back with the law lady on access radio 104.4 fm and we have been talking about a case of a property guard who did not have a license to do parking enforcement So um, the other question was, did he contravene the Act by failing to wear his ID? Um, And the answer is pretty straightforwardly, yes. (laughs) Section 67 and Section 66 um, require that a, a property guard must wear his ID or her ID badge at a visible place and must provide that certificate of approval on request. As well as provide details of who they are working for. So if you come across somebody who is trying to clamp your car or doing parking enforcement in a private car park, um, they must provide, they must be wearing their ID badge in a visible place. They must provide you their certificate of approval if you ask by showing it to you, they don't have to give it to you, and um, then tell you who they are working for. And obviously the person they're working for should also hold a licence, as well. So he contravened the Act. Is he also guilty of misconduct? Um, Basically, the complaint, the way he behaved towards them, as well as um, the fact that he did not wear his security badge in a reasonably visible place and not providing relevant information to Mr. McCluskey. So this is already a bit of a problem in terms of his misconduct. Um, The misconduct is defined as being conduct that is a reasonable person would consider to be disgraceful, willful or reckless, or conduct that contravenes the Act or regulations. So he's already um, guilty of misconduct, simply by the fact that he did not provide his ID. However, his behaviour as well was also very poor. So um, the authority decided that he was guilty of misconduct, um, and then they looked at what the appropriate penalty towards Mr Wood might be. Now, there are some things that the authority can do in terms of um, when somebody is guilty of misconduct. So, um, for example, um, it's a discretionary ground for cancellation of a certificate of approval. Um, They can also make other orders, including suspending a certificate, um, ordering the certificate holder to undertake further training, post conditions, reprimand them, or impose a fine of up to $2,000. So remember that big fine... Um, is on conviction, that's a criminal offence, so that has to go via the police, but the authority can also fine people at a lesser amount and um, have implications for their certificates of approval. So what they said um, in terms of appropriate penalty was that Mr Wood is not to work for himself or his company as a property guard or clamp cars until such time as either he or his company is granted a license. So this was dated the 30th of August this year. Um, so at that point, he did not have a license. So he was not entitled to work as a property guard in New Plymouth um, if he, until he has um, his, li- his company has been granted a license. Um, if they are provided with evidence that he is continuing to work without a license, his certificate of uh, approval will also be immediately suspended. And then they will consider referring him to the Complaints Investigation and Prosecution Unit for prosecution action. So that's that conviction side of it. He needs to file an application for a licence or advise that he no longer intends to apply for a licence as he will no longer be working as a self-employed property guard. And then there may be further um, decisions after that point in time. So at the time when this decision was made, so that's the end of August, Mr Wood was not able to work as a property guard um, to do any parking enforcement within New Plymouth because he did not have a security licence. So um, this is a really interesting decision because it's something that we perhaps don't always think about. But things like clamping cars and other kinds of parking enforcement can be really frustrating for people. Um, There are rules. There are rules about how it works and there are rules about what people can and can't do and how they should behave. And there is a legal avenue if you want to make a complaint. Mr McCluskey made the complaint pretty promptly and then the decision was also made fairly promptly. This isn't one of these kinds of legal things which drag on for months and months and months. Um, They were able to get through this pretty quickly. So it was July when it happened and then this decision was made by the end of August, which in legal terms, in terms of courts and things, is actually reasonably quick. So you do have some avenues, some recourse if you think somebody is doing something wrong. If you, if there is a parking, someone doing parking enforcement in a private car park, um, you are entitled to see their ID. You are entitled to see the certificate of approval that they must hold and you are entitled to know the details of the licence holder because you need both of those things. If they don't have those or um, they behave in a way which is inappropriate, then you can make a complaint to this authority. So if you've got any questions about this or any other legal issue, you can call us on 0800 529 878 if you have concerns that you've been clamped inappropriately I mean, you don't know what to do about it. That is actually something that our lawyers could help you with. Um, as always, though, this is only general information. Uh, it's not meant to replace advice of a lawyer uh, because your specific circumstances may well differ. Otherwise, ka kōrero a te well, right, as long as got so much to with This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to www.accessradiotaranaki.com.